New Vision is a church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and it is passionate about people getting in the scripture. Thank you for joining us as we step into this scripture reading through the book of Galatians. Well, here we are again, friends, back by popular demand, teaching pastor Nick Person, mm. kicking off our series mm. through Galatians. Mm-hmm. Are you ready for this? I mean, I hope so, man. I mean, here we go. There was a lot of good things about our reading through Romans. It was, man. I feel like we got to do something together as a body. Uh, we got to learn together, grow together. Um, tackle some tough scripture together, and uh, it was really, really good. I enjoyed listening. So if no one else did, I did. Well, I enjoyed listening. Mm. I'm glad that you're here today. Thank you. You know, last series we talked about, I guess, things we love to do. Mm-hmm. Talked a little bit about our personal yeah uh, story. I, I, I'm kind of being intentional here. As being seen as a creative, there's always this mm-hmm. expectation to create. Mm-hmm. And uh, something that I truly believe is that we are all creative. We're okay. all creative in our own ways. Mm-hmm. You, uh, in some ways, express yourself through words. Mm-hmm. That's how you're creative. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other other means in which you are creative, or that, whether uh, it's uh, personal or ministry related? I I do. I um I re- <laughs> I really really like to color, um, and I really like to paint. Um, and what's interesting about that is we are people that are quick to compare our creativity to someone else's creativity. And so I remember as I got into middle school and high school, I would stop painting and stop coloring because I felt like it wasn't as good as those who were good at it. Um, but the older I've gotten is it's a means and a release for me to get some creative things out and to be able to, um, you know, just express myself. And also, I love words, man. Um, you can tell if you've ever hung out with me, you know I love words. But You like loud words. I do. I do sometimes get loud with the words. But I really, what I love about a word is that with God, words created worlds, right? And you've heard that. And so I think that the spoken language is really, really powerful because it can make you feel things. It can move you into things. It can express things. And um, I really like, and I really, one of the ways with the creativity with words is the spoken word. I That's sometimes how I hear the Lord speak to me and how I can... Um, express express it back to people in a way that I think they can understand it. So I really love words. I haven't always, you know, you, words used to be my nemesis in, until they became my ally. And so, um, um, and that's a whole nother story for another day. But um, I really, really do enjoy what words can do if they are leveraged well. So, Well, I definitely want to hear that story mm. another day. Mm-hmm. Today, we're reading through chapter one. We're just, you're starting us out again. Here we go. Galatians 1, verses 1 through 10. What what yeah. translation are you reading? I am reading the CSB. Um, CSB. Yeah. Um, and he, the reason I like CSB is because it feels like ESV and NIV got mixed together and produced the CSB. And so I just really like it. It's pretty normal speak. I like that. But I also like, um, you know, just the richness of the word. And so um, I kind of I, I, I kind of go between translations, but right now I'm on the CSB. So that's what I'll be reading through. Well, let's do it. All right. A little bit of background. You've heard Brady say um, that this is basically the Cliff Notes version of Romans, and he's right on with that. Paul will say what it took him a chapter or two to say in Romans. He'll say it in a few verses here in Galatians. Also, what's going on, this was a letter written to the church in Galatia, um, and so... 
which is a province and also a bit of a people group as well. And so this was a place that Paul visited. This is a church he helped to plant. And so he's writing to them, and they're having an issue that I think is similar to an issue that we're still having today. There were a group of people called the Judaizers that would keep telling this new church plant, like, hey, yes, Jesus, what he did on the cross was good, but let me add a little bit more to make that gospel complete. Here's the good news about the gospel. It needs no addition It needs nothing else added to it because it is fully complete based on what Jesus has done. So this is the audience in which Paul is talking to and writing to. And so I'm going to read it in its entirety, all 10 verses, and then we'll come back. I'll pick a couple of highlights that I had. And hopefully through this, you'll find a couple of highlights for yourself as you walk this journey. So Galatians chapter one, beginning in verse one, says this, Paul, an apostle, Not from man or by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brothers who are with me to the churches of Galatia. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of our God and Father. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and the turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach to you a gospel contrary to what we have preached to you, a curse be on him. As we have said before, I now say again, If anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to what you received, a curse be on him. For am I now trying to persuade people or God, or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Let's go back and break this down a little bit. Uh, I love how Paul starts this because I think it's a reminder for the church at Galatia, but also a reminder of Paul when he says, Paul, an apostle, not from man or by man, but by Jesus Christ and God, the father who raised him from the dead. Paul is reminding himself and this church in Galatia that his identity is not rooted in what he does, who his friends are, but who Christ is and who Christ says he is. And I think that's important for all of us to remember Verse number three, let's skip down. Grace to you and peace from God, the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. He's going to listen. I'm writing in the name of Jesus. Everything I'm writing to you, uh, it is covered in the Holy Spirit, is led by him, and it's from Jesus. And then he reminds us in verse four, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age, according to the will of God, our Father, to him the glory forever and ever. Amen. What he does right there so beautifully and so succinct is he goes, hey, This is the gospel. Here we go. This is the gospel. If you only read these first few lines with those letters, I'm reminding you of what the gospel is. And then verse six, it takes a quick turn. He says, I'm amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. What Paul is saying, you see this turn, he's like, hey, here's the gospel, here's the gospel. Then it's like big brother Paul. Hey guys, I'm amazed that you so quickly are believing untruths and believing things about the gospel that are simply not true. And then he goes on to remind him in verse seven that, hey, 
There is no other gospel. There is not another gospel. The only gospel is to complete a work of Jesus. He lived a perfect life, came from heaven, sent from his father, died on the cross, was resurrected three days later. By doing so, overcame sin and death. And through him and only through him and his completed work, do we have salvation and do we get to take our seat at the table of God? That's the only gospel there is. And then he goes on to say some things about angels or whoever said, may they be cursed. If anyone is telling you that the gospel of Jesus is not enough, then they let a curse be on them because that is far from the truth. And then verse 10, the last thing I want to talk about is this. He says, for I am now trying to persuade people or God, or am I striving to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. It is hard to have two people sitting on the throne of your life. And he's reminding these people in Galatia, like, listen, there can only be one king on the throne of your life. Either the true king, which is Jesus is going to sit there, or whoever the flavor of the week is going to sit there. Whoever you're trying to please that week, whoever you're trying to earn favor with is going to sit there. But he's saying, listen, you can't have two kings on your throne. And so here's the deal. Let the right king sit in the right place in your life, because if you allow that to happen, then your life will reflect that in the direction of your life will show and reveal that who is truly on the throne of your life. And so that's an encouragement for me. It's not to live for the praise of people, to remember this gospel that did it all. And I get to respond to that with my life and keep the king in the right spot in my life and walk according with that. So Nick. Thank you very much, my friend. You're welcome, homie. You are very gifted with words. <laughs> Thanks, man. Seriously. Thanks. I'm, I'm grateful to work with you. Grateful to call you a friend. Thanks, homie. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you tomorrow with day two. We will be with Steve Austin.